Kate, Mary! You binge watch your average Netflix show and you just want to talk to someone about it. We need to talk to someone we about Louie. We need to Louis. talk to someone about Louie. <laughs> Today's episode of Got to Be Done is recorded on the lands of the Ghana people of the Adelaide Plains and the Wurundjeri lands of the Kulin Nation in Melbourne. We pay our respects to elders past and present and any First Nations people who are listening and loving Bluey. Kate, the day has come. <laughs> the day, many days. Like are we talking an innings here? Are we talking a full test? <laughs> what are we in for? Ah, uh, Look, it has been a few weeks. If we're measuring in tests, I think like we've had um, the the first three tests of the Ashes series play since the Ooh, first episode dropped. So, point. you know, like so, it has been a, a, a hot minute. But Mary, I have to say, it's been worth the wait, just because the the initial release of cricket i think was so exciting let me tell you about the time we tried to get rusty out it was some kid's birthday i don't remember who and we were playing cricket so so many people who are you know reasonable level cricket fans like myself all the way up to extreme <laughs> and I've never had so many people come up to me and be like, have you done an episode? Yeah, okay. So the pressure is on. I think people are really excited about this episode. It is so nostalgic for people who love the game. And let's face it, I think cricket is our national sport. Because, you know, AFL oh. is a very subjective – you're giving me a face, but let me explain this. <laughs> AFL is very much um, Southern States code. True. And rugby is Northern States code. Yeah, with with one or two exceptions. Correct. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Like with Northern Territory is probably more football focused. But cricket is everyone. Well – I think it's our yes. most played national sport. I'm I'm googling now to double check, but um, I reckon it might be netball. I actually, think, really, I I would have thought that. Oh, that's but anyway, I am prepared to accept that. Yes, cricket is the most universally beloved game of Australia, uh, but I am not in that universe of loving it. So I just I kind of catch my breath when I hear that. But yes, yeah. I've been getting the same as you, Kate. Just so many people want to talk about cricket. Uh, I am experiencing uh, character development here because I am excited about cricket because this is almost an Easter egg that was planted way back in the first episode of mm. Bluey, uh, The Weekend, because we see in that episode Bandit desperately trying to watch the cricket as the girls try and play magic statues and uh, various other 
distractions. No smoochy kiss for you. Oh, no. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Okay, I've, I've actually got to watch this. I just want to see this wicket. That first bandit cricket interaction where he's trying not to play with the kids so he can just he just has to watch this was so viscerally my like childhood experience of not being neglected on it for the cricket but you know the cricket being on and me not being interested in it uh that I was like Ugh, bandit likes cricket I have come a long way, baby, uh, because I would forgive Bandit that now. And having watched the episode Cricket, any doubt, now gone. <laughs> hey, Bingo, you want to play statues? Yeah! How is that LBW? So. Are you a cricket person, though, Mary? I don't know this about you, actually. No, actually, I know nothing about cricket and. This recap is actually just going to be me asking you a lot of fact-based questions about Silly Mid-On, basically, Kate. So I hope you're ready. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, well, let's start with um, my credentials because I feel this is important in this sphere. Oh, yeah. I want to make it very clear I am not a cricket aficionado by any means. However, (laughs) I have been married to a cricket aficionado for quite a good many years now. And um, uh, fun fact, my, I think it's second cousin twice removed is David Boone, Australian <laughs> cricketing legend. Very cool. Most known for setting a, a record of the amount of beer drunk between Australia and um, London, I think, on a commercial flight. <laughs> um, but also just, you know, regarded as athlete. a very, well, well, I don't know if athlete's the right <laughs> word for it, but, you know, icon, I think definitely um, standing in. So, um, yes, moving close, we are we are about to get in town and into cricket. Uh, I would also like to um, potentially dedicate this episode, do we do this normally, to my lovely husband, Tim. Fair. Because um, two reasons. He's sat with me about three times watching cricket through, like the episode through. And oh. as I stopped him every few seconds, it was like, can you just explain this to me? Because I don't quite get this reference. Oh, and Tim. he explained the whole Champion. thing to me. Okay. So I'm hoping that I do him justice. The other thing I would like to um, reason why I think this is a nice one to shout out to Tim. He is one of our podcast's earliest and biggest supporters. <laughs> So if if you haven't been listening to us for very long, um, Tim usually texts Mary every Friday when our episode drops to say, "Oh, that was a good one," <laughs> you, know, like, you know, just giving yeah. us feedback. Yeah. For um, an enthusiastic cricketer, terrible at sledging, he's very positive. It's, uh... <laughs> oh, he can sledge when he wants. Um, and, <sighs> but, but also, when um, this episode aired. Um, we had like he he'd been at work and I thought about texting him, "Don't watch Bluey today," because <laughs> I knew he would get emotional about it. And oh. and he called me at maybe eleven a.m. He said, "I made a tragic mistake. <laughs> I I ducked away for five minutes and oh, watched Tim. the episode." He's like, and now I've like locked. He had to lock himself in a room and like take a beat because it was really emotional for him to see he said this was my childhood I was rusty 
Now, what we didn't know was that Rusty loved cricket. He'd play all day with his brother and sister. Can you hit me a cat? So he was the little kid with the bat playing with his uh, brothers in the yard, always just trying to keep up with the bigger kids. And, yeah, he's the youngest of four boys. So, um, yeah, and he was a very, very talented cricketer um, for many years and he played for many years, when, especially when we first got together right up until Olivia was a couple of years old. So... Yes, he's been banned from playing cricket now because he's had too many injuries, the last being um, uh, he tore his Achilles in what he was telling me was hit and giggle cricket and um, was out of action in uh, um, an electric wheelchair for three months when I was pregnant. So, you know, they just that, that don't the make end. Achilles like they used to. Uh, I have never seen Tim play cricket, but my instant thought as I was watching this episode and especially watching Rusty hit the cricket ball, like just by himself, like against the wall was a scene you described so vividly, Kate, that it just lives in my brain now of Tim watching the cricket in the middle of the night and just standing in the middle of the lounge room, like playing every shot as the batsman played it. Yeah. Does that still happen? Or is his not, Achilles not up to that anymore? No, that does not still happen. But, um, yeah, so what happened was when we first got together, um, it was, God, when was it, 2004, I think? Um, and Tim had been, had penciled in that he was going to go to the Ashes in 2005 oh. in England. Mm-hmm. And so when we got together, he was like, well, now I've met this girl and we both wanted to go travelling together but we couldn't make 2005 work because I was finishing uni my final year and uh-huh. um, and he made the choice that he was going to stay and not go overseas for the Ashes. Um, but kind of the penance was that I think for his birthday I bought him a brand new cricket bat and bag <laughs> and yeah there were there was one night early I, I think I moved in in the May and the ashes started in the June so you know it's early days and I woke up one night and found Tim in his full whites replaying every shot it was you know <laughs> Bluey that's what cricket's all about <laughs> <laughs> so yes he's he's a fan not yet Dusty I'm almost at 50 yeah. And when they went around, he played by himself. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I hope he, one day he maybe gets to share that love with our kids. But I don't know, cricket, cricket's a really tough sport for kids though, Mary, because it's like it's a time commitment, isn't it? Like it's a long yeah. game, you know, like footy takes an hour, you know. This yeah, that is true. I had not thought about that because, yeah, you saying cricket's a tough commitment for kids, in my head I was going, oh, well, that was before this episode. Like every kid is committed to cricket now, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's going <laughs> to be questions in summer. Yeah, no, it's a tough commitment for parents. Who hasn't had a bat yet? Rusty hasn't. Hey, Rusty, your bat, mate. Okay, I feel like we should... Do we need to explain what cricket is? And are you the person to do that? Because I'm not. 
Um, for okay. an American audience who I do not know when they're going to get to see this episode, yeah. Um, does this episode explain cricket enough? Even I say that as the person who now knows how to play chess based on a Bluey episode. Yeah, I. Okay, I'll, I'll do my best, but you know, no guarantees. Um, <laughs> so, so cricket is a bat and ball game and there are two teams yes um, 11 each yeah 11 each players and basically in the middle there's like a long skinny rectangle it's about 20 meters long um, and it's got something called a wicket at each end which is three bits of wood with um, <laughs> like sort of stuck in the ground and it's got two small uh, pieces of wood balanced on the top man. of those stuff. I'm just so sorry for our listeners that they're not getting the actions of you kind of acting out this, this wicket, Kate. But, uh. So and, and cricket is a game of high strategy. So usually um, th- there's a few different forms. You can you can play 2020, which each team bats for um, one innings and it's 20 overs and each over is um, one bowler delivering six sort of throwing six balls over to the other side of the pitch. And then, yeah, so you have one team trying to bat and the other team bowling and fielding. Um, and then, so that's 2020, and I would say each innings in the 2020 game would go for about three hours. And then yeah. you have test matches, which are five dedicated days, um, you know, and um, the aim is to just get as many runs as possible um, rather than that fast sort of 2020 sort of pace you have one dayers as well which is 50 overs um overs again the six balls going down the pitch um and there's all sorts of tactics because over over a period of a test the pitch um deteriorates so (laughs) so like a day one pitch game is ridiculous no i know it's really highly strategic which i think appeals to me so um over the first day that you come on the pitch, it might be a little bit green or it might be very flat. And then over time, as they're running up and down the pitch, there's a lot of wear and tear on the dirt. Cracks open up. Um, the ground can get a little bit uneven. And then you start to get um, your spin players in. So what I really love about this episode of Bluey Mary is that we see ah. demonstrated so beautifully um, the different types of pitches and conditions that we would see in cricket. And, you know, from your informal game of beach cricket with the family in the middle of summer, right through to those dirty and dusty pitches that you see, um, particularly in like India and um, Pakistan when the, mm-hmm. when the tours are, are happening there. Um, and, and it's a real celebration, I think, this episode taps into of cricket. Um, a couple of other little things. Um, so the ball in cricket is made out of like a hard, solid, compressed leather um, and it's got like a slightly raised seam um, and there's like a cork core to this, <laughs> this ball. Is, I am learning so much here. Yeah. This is amazing. 
So, so the ball is really hard um, and players wear protective gear as a result. Like some of the fastest bowlers in the world, you know, are getting like over 150, 180 kilometres an hour when they're sending this ball screaming down the <sighs> So, um, so that's why a lot of cricketers wear the the knee pads. So that's running from your ankle right up to you to your knee. Um, you Just usually some not. Be- that would be terrifying. Yeah, I, I think they have to in Test cricket. Um, okay. Yeah, and then um, you usually have a box as well, which is like a plastic. <laughs> I'm um, shocked that didn't get a shout out in this protector. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, and then gloves, yeah, and um, a, a helmet for when you're facing a fast bowler in particular. So, um, yeah, but there's different types of bowlers which perform well under different conditions. So if you've got a, a pitch that's a bit more uneven and we're seeing like Stripe trying to bowl a bit of spin, um, a spinner like um, you think of your greats like Shane Warne, um, you know, it comes in and it bounces off in different directions and um, the the bowler's job is to try and make it difficult for the batsmen okay. to score runs and to get them out. So and to have gotten to that much description of this game and not got to the point that you actually score by hitting the ball oh, away yeah. from the opponents <laughs> out in the field and then running up and down the pitch yes. uh, probably highlights how complicated and weird this game is. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Mary, for getting me back on. I don't think I'd ever even thought about the strategy of cricket uh, or how that pertained to this episode. So I think that was a necessary explanation for me. So thank you, Kate. That's, a, that's my pleasure. <laughs> Man, this kid's good. So we start at a children's birthday party and I love that Bandit was like, I don't remember who. Like it's actually not important whose party it is. They all kind of blur into one, don't you find? Look, that is true, but straight up, uh, we've had a really good theory on this, actually. Oh, yeah. Tell uh, me. Which lovely Pete down in Gippsland, who's been a long-time uh, correspondent, he emailed in straight off the bat about cricket that uh, he and his wife's theory is that the only part of cricket that is in the actual time is that very last scene with adult Rusty walking out to play and actually bandits remembering all of this from a time when all the kids are grown up and Rusty plays for Australia. So how good is, like, I agree with that, actually, once uh, Pete put it to me. Um, I mean, we've we've always sort of said, is Bluey like a collection of childhood memories? Yeah. Or or maybe parenting memories as well. Oh, yeah. uh, So, yeah, I really loved that. And certainly this is the first you know, we've seen narrator Bandit in action before uh, in fairy tale and talking about a long gone time, the Yates. Uh, so <laughs> we could be, this could be narrator Bandit uh, in Back to the Future mode talking from, what do we reckon? Rusty's probably going to be playing for Australia by the time he's 17, don't you reckon? <laughs> oh, that's a bit young. I mean, look, you have to have... Um... 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, there's a, a kid playing for England at the moment who's like 22 and he looks so young. So <laughs> I would have thought, I would have thought maybe for a bowler you could be a little bit All younger. All 22-year-olds look so young, to be I honest. know. But yes, yeah, okay. Do you remember when well, they brought in Ashton Agar and he was like 16 or 18 or something into the Australian side for like one test? And like he did really well. Um but I, I, th- I think I think it would be more realistic if Rusty's in is like, tw- like twenty five, twenty six. Okay, yeah. so so we're talking in the twenty forties somewhere. Yeah, I reckon. Okay, yeah. so yeah, uh, it's a theory. I love it. But narrator bandit as well. We're getting this narration right from the start, which we didn't get. In fairy tale, I'm thinking the only other fully narrated episode we've had, maybe stories. Yeah, does that sound right to you? It does, because and if but then it's like a joint narration, isn't it? Between oh, true. Him, okay, him so yeah. Luke, whereas sorry. Bandit's just got got full reign uh, on this. It was some kid's birthday. Oh, I don't remember who. Do you the have parent- a theory whose birthday it was? We see a lot of kids here. We do see a lot of kids, and no, I don't. Do you? Tough call. Like, it's Chili who says lunch is ready. Like, but we've had both girls' birthdays and Joe Brum has categorically said they're not going to grow up anymore, so can't be a healer birthday. Could it be a Rusty's birthday? Uh, maybe. His mum is definitely there. Don't know. No one, no one looks particular. Uh no, I don't think we're going to be able to work it out with with further intel from the uh, Ludo team. <laughs> Maybe there's de- deleted scenes. Yeah, potentially. Um, so anyway, so we, the the grown-ups are bowling at the kids and we see bingos. Um, I would call that a traditional kid effort at like <laughs> going to bat, which is so basically, funny. you know, fairly terrible. You know, like it's hard to bat a ball that's coming in. Um, mm-hmm. Cricket bats are usually, if they're plastic, they can be pretty off balance and hard to sort of swing. And then, like, you've got a ball coming in usually at speed as well. So, you know, the whole thing's a recipe for disaster. She she gets herself out. <laughs> oh, out you go, Bingo. Well done. Who's back? Mine. Then it's Stripe's turn, and I just. <laughs> I immediately love the brotherly banter that must take them straight back to their childhood. Okay, everyone, move in close, move in close. Hilarious. The words move in close, Tim was explaining to me, would just be like throwing shade at Stripe. Okay. It would mean that like Bandit's like, you know, move in close because he's not very good. Like He, he can't w- hit it very far. So, yeah, so he if was you're like, close, you might catch it. Yeah. yeah, and this would have probably been something like that they had been sledging him with since childhood, you know, oh, oh moving close for Stripe. Poor baby Stripe can't hit it very far kind of thing. So, so Which we've already mentioned sledging. Sledging is an integral is part like of cricket. It's, it's a yeah. big part of cricket, isn't it? And it's yeah. kind of, you know, on the field saying negative things to your opponents to try and throw them out of this highly strategic game. Yeah. Yeah, because cricket is a psychological battle. You know, it takes <laughs> a, No, honestly, it's it's a game that requires intense amounts of focus for a very long period of time. And yeah. you know, you're not concentrating 
like what the, what they do when they're trying to sledge is to get in the batter batter's head so that he's thinking about what you just said to him and not where the ball's coming from. So <sighs> the more cricket is explained to me, the more it sounds like torture. Look, it, I think it's a great game. <sighs> but, you know. Lucky Rusty likes it because I like that kid. <laughs> Kiss the ball, Bluey. Clearly, Stripe has moved on since those baby Stripey days because, uh, yeah, he absolutely tonks it. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, (laughs) which basically means like he's running down the wicket and just sending it right over the fence. Now, let's talk um, backyard cricket rules here for a second, Mary, Mm. because... Um, I had the very great random pleasure of doing a informal game of cricket once with um, the Australian women's cricket team in Barcelona oh. while they were on holidays. Right, as you do. As you do. We were at the um, the Font de Magica and there was this big group of girls um, playing cricket and they seemed really, really good. And Tim, of course, like was like never one to shy away from an opportunity to get involved. So we both got involved. And um, so their rules were six it out. This is when you usually hit it over a fence or, okay. or you pick like a, a perimeter. It's mm-hmm. usually the areas where it's hard to retrieve the ball if it gets hit there. So yeah. like, that's why it's an incentive not to go there. Six and out. Oh, man. Other rules um, that... We were playing that day. One hand, one bounce is probably more common. So if you have one bounce, you can catch it with one hand and then you're out. Yep. The other rule that we were doing was two bounces head headbutt, like to get out. So, Hang on. But you didn't have to catch it? You just had to headbutt it or headbutt it into your hand? No, two bounces and headbutt was the rule that we were okay. playing with. So right. anyway. Um, I like that. That was quite fun. Um, so yeah, so there's there's a the, you don't really need wickets as well for backyard cricket. Like you could use anything, a wall or a bin or anything. Yeah, like that. that's probably good to say as well. Anyway, so stripe six and out. Then we have Rusty coming in. You'll never get Rusty out. I think I can handle it. <laughs> yeah, Rusty. Four bits. Wow. <sighs> Just. I love this little dog, Mary. He's such uh, a boy. Like, just the grin on his face too. Like, and he's so polite. So much Mr. Healer. Not so much Mr. Lucky's dad. Uh, I like that distinction. <laughs> Continues. <laughs> um, so Rusty's a right-hand batsman, and I have to say he's got a very lovely stance. Um, and full kudos to the animators for this because they've really tried to get it right. And I don't know if you saw the article in the paper, um, I think it was last weekend or two weekends ago, Mary, but they actually modelled Rusty's batting on a former Australian captain, Steve Smith. Okay, yes, I have heard that. Yeah, so, um, yeah, the the way he moves is so distinctive as well. So as soon as... um, yeah, I saw the side-by-side comparison photos. I was just like, oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. And Steve Smith is a real cricket nuffy. So I just I think that 
That's what does that mean? That means um, that you're just obsessed with cricket. Like, ah, oh, okay, right. Yeah, like he's the kind of guy that would play all day and then go and do more nets afterwards. Like, so he could okay. keep playing. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Um, that seems like a good fit. I reckon. So much has been said about, uh, yeah, the the mechanics of making this episode because, um like all new scenes to create, uh, you know, haven't seen a lot of cricket action before. So mm. it's a lot of new movements for the characters that had to be animated. Um, we've talked a lot these last few eps, Kate, about uh, Behind Bluey, the ABC podcast yeah. that um, Joe Brum and some of the creators are doing. And I'd say almost uh, to a man and woman, um, the – the creators who spoke about this episode on that podcast sounded traumatised about how many different <laughs> shapes of bats they had to draw and how much cricket they had to watch. Oh, and, no. Um, I think actually it was um, Rich Jeffrey on that podcast who said, you know, also a lot of people in maybe art, and animation and all that kind of thing, maybe not so much sport fans, which a few people took exception to and you could just hear others nodding, you know, enthusiastically. <laughs> Look, I don't care how much of a sport fan you are. It must be so tedious to try and, like, draw centimetre by centimetre like a bat turning on particular yeah. angles and things. And, like, uh what a labor of love. If you're in the region of Australia or if you've got a way to listen to uh, Australian content, uh, I would definitely recommend listening to that episode because, yeah, there's just so much passion has gone into those drawings. Like just the, the granular detail about how many different bats had to be mm. illustrated. Uh, I think I've heard a lot about this episode also from Dan Brum talking about the different sounds that different bats make on different balls. Oh, wow. How. So, yeah, not a single bit of it would have I thought of as I was watching it all play out. It just looked like cricket. But, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of hard work has gone into making it look like cricket. Wow. Yeah, I hadn't even thought of the sound because they do show a number of different, like they're playing in the park with a what I'm assuming is a plastic bat against yep. plastic but then you know the sound of the ball hitting bricks and the side of the house would be completely different and then with the rubber ball hitting the bat as well wow uh -huh. yeah, yeah. Least... it's it's all happening <laughs> so um we have Lucky's dad say four bits, which is a really Aussie phrase. It means that um, when you hit the ball to the boundary in cricket, it means four runs. Oh, but, okay. But, yeah, apparently this is like just a really classic Aussie, like no one, Tim couldn't tell me why it's four bits. Like we looked it up and there was nothing in there. What I can tell you, though, um, is about pies and fruit. Um, okay. So let's go into that because um, – Stripe says, I've had enough of your pies. Um, look, when someone's bowling terribly, it's like a hot pie. You know, mm -hmm. if you imagine like it's someone throwing a pie and how it's sort of out of control. Um, so basically when someone's saying you're bowling pies, it means that the bowler's got no control over the movement of the ball. Conversely, with Stripe's fruit, 
um, you know, when Bandit's talking about his fruit, what this means is um, like when a bowler's doing something called fruit salad, it's trying ah. to do something different in every delivery down the pitch to the to the batsman. So okay. when you're, you know, you might change the speed or the length or the delivery just to try and be a bit unpredictable. So they call it a fruit salad. <laughs> so... Yeah, so when um, Bandit's saying, oh, but, you know, Rusty could handle striped fruit any day, that's like no matter what um, type of bowling action Stripe's okay. doing. Okay, so he, that's kind of complimentary. He could handle Stripe's fruit any day. What? <laughs> How did he hit that? Like yes. fruit, fruit is Which nice, is pie. No. <laughs> I heard that, yeah, kind of described as um, – like a clown throwing pies. Like, yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, that that's a pretty evocative visual, definitely. Yeah. It was time to mix up the attack. Give me that. I've had enough of your pies. Better spin, okay, Rusty? Oh, good, Misty Healer. Speaking of complimentary, maybe, like we back and forth, Rusty, and then to the real time, possibly real time on the um, park party ground um I'm loving how um we do hear you know the adults really conspiring against Rusty as this escalates and escalates but meanwhile uh we see Snickers for comedic relief you try and pick up a ball uh not really have much luck kick it throw it get nowhere (laughs) and um Lucky's dad just to you know put him back squarely on on the good side of the ledger uh, that's it Snickers like just so encouraging (laughs) so it's not as though they're out to get every potential (laughs) cricketing child on this uh field um really start you really start to feel like the like their pride is on the line I think uh, and what parent hasn't gotten very slightly carried away at a children's sporting event, <laughs> like, mm. like white line fever, Mary. Do you experience this? Ah, uh, it's uh, hasn't happened yet. Probably, I wouldn't rule it out. Um, but no, all my sporting experience with uh, Bon and in Cass is more of a bingo at this stage accidentally just well accidentally on purpose probably actually knocking over the wickets but we are playing a lot of cricket in the court that we live in like out on the street uh so much so it almost looks like a bluey scene um and we've been playing a lot more since this episode uh but yeah no all the all the parents white line fever is just desperately trying to like get the kids to agree on the rules <laughs> so it's just aggressive rule enforcement uh which could one be called white bounce, line fever yep. <laughs> nothing that complicated we don't even have lbw because it's too controversial <laughs> strike put it right on that crack there see oh yeah good call probably wise, probably uh, wise. yeah um, I love through this episode as well, Mary, we're seeing, and it reminded me of the movie Slumdog Millionaire, where mm-hmm. we're almost getting the flash, 
you know, after the performance, um, you know, or the bolt, the delivery comes down and then they get almost like a little backstory into how he's able to play that shot. Look, he likes the square cut. Stripe, you and me will move to gully and point. You send one to his off stump. Lure him into the catch. It was a good plan, but we didn't know about Rusty's (laughs) kitchen. Yeah. And I love in particular the kitchen and how Rusty was working on his square cut because um, Tim was telling me like his childhood, there were like 20 forms of cricket that they played just in their house alone. So they had kitchen cricket, they had upper driveway cricket. When upper driveway cricket was too complicated or too easy, sorry, they'd uh, move down to like the brickwork of the driveway. Mm-hmm. Then you could like play against the house if you were on your own. There was the backyard bit of grass. There was the front yard cricket. Then there was the driveway cricket at the front. Then there was the road cricket. If you know, like the way this that they is, played, uh, they played cricket mainly in the kitchen um, with an old boomerang that Tim's mum had bought at an op shop and a Christmas decoration. And apparently that season. Like they were just all like making incredible scores because they'd all gotten their eye in with this tiny little weird Christmas decoration and a skinny little boomerang. So it was like a pumpkin being bowled at them when they were finally on the right. Anyway, Uh, I just wish everyone listening to this knew Tim as well as you and I do, Kate, because it just explains so much. Yeah, it really does. (laughs) Anyway, so um, so when um. We were watching this. It rem- like I think Tim was just reliving like that childhood. Completely. Like, oh, you had to really angle where you were hitting it in certain parts, not to break a window or hurt the house, or you know, do that sort of thing. And I love that look that Rusty's mum, played by Jane Hall, um, much beloved radio personality and um, former actress or actress. Like, well, she's acting now, I guess. guess. Uh, She did seem like legitimately outraged. Like I wondered if uh, to get that scene, someone actually threw a cricket ball at her dishes because (laughs) as the ball comes through the window, it's like, ah! (laughs) She is good. Like I feel like that's lived experience right there. But um, I know Jane Hall from Neighbours and I remember her being like, came in as a baddie character who I really like grew to love mm. I can't remember Rebecca yeah that sounds right mm, I don't know like I oh she was on all together now with John English and Steve Jacobs do you remember that one and Rebecca Gibney hmm no I don't the dad was like a rock star yeah um and then I know Jane Hall did like some breakfast radio and oh, on Wentworth, she was on um, the, you know that prison drama. Oh thing? yeah, the yep, cool. yeah. So she's she's Look, been in that too. She's a, a all rounder, as they yes. say in cricket parlance. Um, yeah, but no, nails it. Like she's got some really good, like not a lot of lines in this episode, but some really lovely lines, like uh, that we'll get to, I guess. But yeah, the. Her rage uh, at the cricket ball coming through the window, yeah, really nailed it for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was great. And then, uh, and then um, we mixed things up a bit with um, 
like uh, showing Jack as well with mm-hmm. Rusty and how Rusty, when he's in, um, he's playing, you know, gone from playing on quite smooth conditions in his own front yard to playing on this really like dirty tree roots, you know. Um, yeah. And uh, and I guess those sorts of conditions, you know, yeah, as I said earlier, it kind of is reminiscent of what our bowlers might be, like experience sometimes when they're going to like those Dust Bowl Indian grounds, you know. and Yeah, like, or even, the, yeah. like, there's probably no shortage of them. Like, sort of, I grew up, like, my first kind of uh, experience of cricket was in the Mallee uh, where oh, yeah. look, some of the groundskeepers did a great job to keep grass on the ground, but the, it was in the <laughs> middle of a drought as well and some of them were pretty dry. So, yeah, there's uh, – I'm sure it happens around the world, but, yeah, Australian – sporting grounds are just known for not being consistent <laughs> and you just have to be able to adapt to the conditions. Yeah. Which, I don't, you know, obviously doesn't happen for basketball, but I imagine even baseball, there's there's such a thing as a pretty consistent pitch uh, where, yeah, no, not, not cricket at all. The well, less the consistent, kind of, the better. <laughs> the best kind of pitches, really, in cricket are like the ones that are like well watered, really well rolled. They're really flat, you know. They dry out so that they're lovely and smooth. You know, like some pitches are just like a road, really, for the first few days. And <laughs> then you want a bit of spin, probably towards the end. So. Okay. Anyway, um, um, yeah. on Jack's house, the establishing shot of Rusty's house uh, as as Bandit explains, Rusty loves cricket. Um, a footy and a tennis ball on the roof. Uh, no such collection at Jack's house until Rusty finally hits one on the roof <laughs> once he's got his head around the pitch. So uh, I loved that little detail that, yes, any any roof is a goal uh, <laughs> <laughs> once you get there. And this was his front yard. <laughs> Like, even the outrage that Rusty, like, and he's like, oh, no fair. I mean, do you, I have such vivid memories of, like, you know, things that work at your house and you go around to someone else's house as a kid and you're just like, why doesn't this work here? Like, yeah, completely. Uh, everyone's everyone's got a home advantage. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Rusty played at Jack's a lot that year. So he got pretty good at playing on a rough wicket. So Rusty's house and then mm. Jack's house. Rusty's house, I was trying to, like, a lot of comparisons being made, people talking about this episode as Rusty's kind of playing shot after shot against the side of the house to Don Bradman, who famously yeah. played shot after shot growing up in regional New South Wales against a water tank. Yes. Um, oh, that was classic Bradman for me, yeah. Okay, so shades of Australia's greatest cricketer, uh, yes. who famously had an almost uh, hundred runs per game. Inning. Yeah, it was Innings. like a, an average of ninety nine, ninety nine point nine four. That was a question at one point on the if you wanted to become an Australian, they introduced like a kind of quiz. You had to answer questions about you know like laws in Australia and that kind of thing. And that was one of the questions on this, are you Australian enough quiz for citizenship? Australians really know that though. Like, you know, 
Mm. All the ones who have worked at the ABC because the ABC's address in any capital city is like uh, GPO box 9994 and that's really? because like it was instituted by a Bradman fan. <laughs> really? Yeah, weird, oh right? God, that's great. Yes, uh, well, but yeah, no, possibly not reasonable to expect uh, new Australians to get across. Uh, but I was looking for clues that there might be Bradman things because you can see a number on Rusty's house that looks like a big nine and then a six. Oh. Um, couldn't couldn't find why that was relevant. And a street name in the background even, which is looks like in that kind of funny, like, yeah, yeah. verse writing, it looks like maybe O-R-E, like oh. or. Uh, so I don't know, like, uh, yeah, I, I really was trying hard. I'm like, maybe Rusty is the diamond within the the rock ore. Like, I don't, <laughs> yeah, no, I got nothing is what I'm trying to say. Uh, but, yeah, look, you know, a lot of detail, which who knows what it means. Tell and, us what it means. <laughs> the background artists are just amazing, aren't they? Like, you know, think about all the different settings they had to do for this episode alone. They would have done the school. They would have created – um, Jack's house, Rusty's mm-hmm. house. Then we've got those sh- beautiful shots at the park where they're all playing the main game. Yeah. Um, and uh, oh, the teenager park is just divine yeah. as well. Like, yeah, I've never seen such a beautiful game of sunset cricket, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, but Tiny, I mean, South African accent, were you picking up, Mary? What I would have said, um, I know, uh, so we've known about this episode, Kate, since we interviewed Joe Brum in, I want to say, like it was more than a year ago, maybe in 2021. Does that ring a bell for you? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we've been waiting it for all our lives. Um, but we we definitely, he told us a cricket episode was coming. Mm. Um, and that was something that got Bluey's Brisbane, uh, the podcast about how Bluey fits in the real world of Brisbane um, by Lou and Justin. And Justin, huge cricket tragic. And um, I have heard on the grapevine that actually they might have even uh, been involved in trying to find uh, some of the character voices for this episode. Aww. And they were looking for, like the team was looking for kind of specific voices to capture the how much of an international game cricket is uh so yeah that's you know nice um but yeah I would say yeah definitely like rust uh tiny doesn't say a lot but yeah I would say sort of South African-ish sounds. Yeah, definitely to me. Sometimes Rusty would play with his older brother's mates, one of them being this kid Tiny who could bowl really fast. Anyway, my heart was just in my throat this whole series. And you know why I think it is, Mary, and it's probably a good chance to talk music very quickly. Oh, yes. Is because all the way through this episode, we've had this lovely syncopated um, music that goes on and we get this, like, vocal section whenever Rusty's with his family where there's, mm-hmm. like, like do 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 you know but with with the music um that that sort of helped build this thing that when rusty's with his family like the music is complete oh yes but when he's with tiny 
we hear this tin whistle. And you know, the mm-hmm. last time we heard the tin whistle was the magpie in oh, um, yes. in Curry Quest. Uh-huh. So that has come to represent like a real danger kind of Wild West kind of yeah. moment for, for us viewer listeners. So mm-hmm. when we all hear that tin whistle, because we were exposed in Curry Quest, we're all going, oh, this isn't going to be good. You know, like it's, <laughs> it's – um, Childhood yeah. trauma of tin whistles from Bluey. Uh, it's real. Yeah, it I believe real. it. Um, other little thing to mention is that whenever there's a delivery coming down the pitch, there's mm-hmm. almost like this sort of like held sort of moment with the music. So that yeah. it's like all drawing breath to see what's going to happen. And I feel like that's kind of reflective of the game of cricket as a whole. Every time a delivery is bold you kind of have that moment where are they going to play it are they going to you know like everyone's sort of watching and waiting to see what happens next so yeah um introducing that into the music is a really clever way of getting us all to kind of hold our breath and see what happens next so and yeah um that little element of surprise as well really helps capture our attention and draws the narrative along so yeah very clever Rusty, you can bat if you want, but no one's got to go easy on you. Understand? They didn't play with a tennis ball either. They used a proper cricket ball. And they are hard. Hey, you got to be done, folks. Mary here. And as Kate was just saying, a bit of a pause, a bit of... Building tension in the plot uh, can only be a good thing, right? So we're going to stop this recap here because, as we've already established, cricket takes a really long time and, as you've probably already guessed, we have so much more to say about beautiful Rusty Kelpie and this whole amazing episode. So... Thanks for sticking with us this long. We'll be back with the second half of Cricket next week. Uh, Soon after that, with so much more Bluey news in in the real world and in the Blueyverse, uh, there's a game coming that time travels back to when Bandit and his brothers were kids and do some treasure burying to be found. Um, There's promising signs uh, that season four might be on a horizon and you know there's always something to be excited about in the bluey verse oh bluey's big play is coming back to brisbane uh by the end of the year so okay lots to talk about we've got so much more to say about cricket uh we'll be back super soon but in the meantime i guess i've got to say it by myself or If you want, you're more than welcome to say it along with me. It's got to be done. Bye. He was never brave enough to bat. Who's that? Until one day. Um, mine? He was. 